Welcome to a joyous edition of the DC Sports Huddle, and not just because it's sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. But because we may finally be rid of Dan Snyder in the owner's suite at FedEx Field, and we actually may be soon rid of FedEx Field. I am Rob Woodfork along with George Wallace. And Dave Preston, and look, by now you know the what. The what is there appears to be some movement toward Dan Snyder selling the franchise. What we don't know is what's next. Who's next? There's been a lot of talk. Uh, As a matter of fact, as of this recording just now, uh, we are just now uh, starting to hear Jeff Bezos, who's at the top of everybody's list because Mm -hmm. of how obscenely rich he is, uh, is uh, is in the mix with Jay-Z to uh, perhaps uh, step in and purchase the burgundy and gold. Now, I'm all for a little rhythm in the owner's box, but uh, guys, who do we think would be the perfect person to step in at this very crucial juncture in the franchise's history, George Wallace? Well, if if Bezos is, in fact, interested, then it shouldn't take a long time. I mean... I mean, he's got a stroke a check. Well, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like, he can do that He's got that on the couch. He's correct. And you bring in Jay-Z, who's always wanted to kind of get involved. I mean, that's a great one-two combination. I think the NFL would love to have Jay-Z. I think the NFL would love to have Bezos. I mean, he's got his own night. He's got Thursday night. (laughs) He's got his own night already. Uh, So, I mean, I think fans would love that. Um, You know, but again, it's, it's, uh, you know, and he's, he does have a deal with the Washington Post. Uh, he's not really the head of Amazon anymore, right? So there's right. no real conflict there. He does whatever. You know, he's got his Thursday night. We know that. But Although I mean, Snyder still... doesn't like him because of the Washington Post Correct. connection. But again, right. But, but and if, I get that. But, but if somebody if, gives you $7 billion, that's seven times what you right. paid for the franchise. And, and then Dave Preston's <laughs> giving you five and a half, and Bezos gives you seven. <laughs> you can learn to like the guy a little bit, right? <laughs> right? Good point. Good point. I mean, I, I'm sure that's yeah. what you have no, in your, so your I had five, too. seven. Yeah, right. Headed there, but I think I mean, but I mean that I think is what fans are leaning towards, and then you have you know other guys local, with local ties, which which fans would love to see too. But I mm-hmm. think the ideal situation is that because because it's been talked about is that Jeff Bezos is a guy that if he wants to get involved in ownership, and you bring in a guy like Jay Z, I mean I, I mean that's a slam dunk for me. And that's the thing people have been talking about guys with local ties. Uh, Josh Harris, who is uh, who owns a piece of the Sixers, that's mm-hmm. a guy who's been named in connection. He does have the local ties, but may I remind you that Dan Snyder is a local guy. So I feel like true. the local ties Ugh. thing is not something that you necessarily have to have, that's Dave true. Preston. Here's uh, there there are a couple names that come about. I think was it Brian Allen, the uh, uh, Byron, Byron Allen, Byron yeah. Allen, yeah. Uh, who uh, the media who, guy, you know, and he was on Real People way back when. So we're talking <laughs> Sarah Purcell, we're talking Skip Stevenson, we're talking the show that went toe to toe with That's Incredible way back when. So we've got that going for Done us. Deal. Yeah. And, uh, if there was one certainty in this episode, is that Dave Preston was going to say something referencing a show that yeah. I never. But heard Alan's of. also put together a bid before. Yes, and get it. So and I, I, here's here, here's a name that I don't think anybody is. You know, you talk about someone who uh, thinks globally, someone who is, has a ton of money, someone who is a major brand. LeBron James. Oh, why not? Why not? Here's a guy, he played football before he realized that basketball was his thing in Cleveland. He's Yes, he's an L.A. guy, but this is a world where you can easily be bi-coastal. Washington is the capital of 
the free world, in effect. And, and also, he's LA's looking for a new team to root for yes. since he's abandoned the Cowboys. Right, pretty much, yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I think funny. that when you think outside the box, he's a guy who not only does he have a ton of money, he could also put a group together that would be a, he could be the perfect face of the franchise. The NFL would love to have his brand at their disposal. What a turnaround that would be. You go from having a despised owner to having an owner that so many people are behind. And if there's been one issue with Washington over the years, it has been the fact that they were the last NFL team to integrate in the early 60s. And a large part of the Chocolate City never embraced them. I think you would see a complete 360 right there with one of the, you know, with one of the best spokesmen of his generation, LeBron James, coming to D.C. and saving this franchise from the clutches of Dan Snyder. And I think you touch on something that I was actually about to get to, and that is the importance of Washington. And I'm not saying they have to get a black owner or they have to get a minority owner, but it is important for them to create an equal uh, playing field in terms of having as diverse a bidding as possible. When we saw the Denver Broncos up for sale uh, earlier this year, um, Byron Allen was in on that and uh, made a competitive bid. Uh, Jose E. Feliciano, who you want to think that that's the Feliz Navidad guy, you can't get billions of dollars off the. It's a great song. Don't get me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But you're not getting billions of dollars uh, in terms of royalties off of that. This is a different guy. He's uh, uh, runs uh, Clear Lake and um, uh, is a co-partner there. He's worth 4.3 billion uh, in the last valuation. That was a guy who also uh, made a bid for the Denver Broncos. Uh, he's of Puerto Rican uh, descent, uh, so that 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 is more uh, diversity at the table there. But that's the most important thing. The NFL has been very performative with the uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, the, that's one thing that we've heard a lot about in newsrooms and and, and um, businesses across the country is diversity, equity, inclusion. Well, you need to have more diversity in your leadership in order to truly achieve that. And I think in the NFL, we've talked ad nauseum about the problem with right. the lack of diversity among the coaching ranks in front offices, uh, certainly in the ownership, <laughs> because there's really only one uh, owner of color, uh, technically two if you count um, the uh, Pagulas in um, in uh, Buffalo, uh, because Mrs. Pagula is of Asian descent. So um, you need that in the ownership ranks. And as you alluded to there, Dave, Washington would be the ideal landing spot for that because of the history with racism, both with being the last to integrate and also with the nickname that it had for yeah. the better part of 90 years. Um, I believe in trickle. I, I don't necessarily believe in trickle down economics. Correct. You know, tax cuts that will then, you know, right. you know, bleed money downward. But I correct. think there is a trickle down economics from the standpoint of if you have an owner of color, if you mm-hmm. have an, a, a minority owner, you, that will trickle down and you will have more executives who are minorities. Mm-hmm. You will then have more coaches, head coaches who are minorities, because there has been a glass ceiling, uh, a ceiling, so to speak, where uh, minorities have not been able to get past position coach uh, responsibilities and have not been the hotshot coordinators and have been stuck with 
interim tags when they've had head coaching opportunities. I think if you have a minority owner, I think you will have more executives and then likewise more head coaches and more coordinators. Or at least create the sort of environment environment to foster that. I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and say that having a black owner will automatically mean that we have more black head coaches because, as I mentioned, I mean, down in Jacksonville, you have Shad Khan. He has never hired a no. uh, coach of color right, right. Uh, um, as a full-time head coach. So it's not necessarily that uh, straight line um, uh, to the progress, neither but has at least he coached, it opens the door for Neither it. has he hired a coach with a really bad mustache, though. So he's oh, got well, that, there's that going for him. <laughs> The Raleigh fingers oh, uh, uh, roll up there. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I'm I'm going to say Byron Allen's going to be uh, pretty deep in the mix. That's going to be my my guess. I'm not necessarily advocating for him per se, but I I do think that that's somebody who's going to get a pretty good look uh, from ownership. Because look, here's the thing. Um, Robert Kraft is one of the most respected owners in the NFL. He and uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell have approached Allen about you know, perhaps joining the ranks. So if that was something that was in the, in the well, works been through before, the process before right. too. correct. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I, I think Jeff Bezos is um, for lack of a better word, a sexy name, just because of how obscenely rich he is. Like the, just the, right. the optics of being able to, Oh, I'm going to stroke this check for $7 billion by this team. And I'll even plunk down the majority of the money to uh, build on the RFK that's, site. That's the key. And for and, me, uh, that's the key right there. Right. Who can get it? Who can get done? And then put. And if he says, "I'm going to give you eight and two of it's for the stadium." Yeah. Done. Yeah. yeah. That'd yeah. be huge. But that's going to be the NFL's primary objective: is getting the proper yeah. stadium yeah. lined up. And let's and let's be real here. That is their <laughs> number one. Uh, uh, objective here is to get somebody in here who's going to not only not tarnish the shield, right. uh, so to speak, but somebody who's going to get a state-of-the-art stadium built in Washington, D.C., because we've talked about this before. I think you used the word uh, sleeping, the term sleeping giant. I mean, that's what Washington is. Right. This is a large top 10 market. This is a place that can, uh, th- that can fill uh, one of those state-of-the-art uh, stadiums, and this would be a desirable uh, site for a Super Bowl, and that is ultimately what I think the NFL is looking to do, and I, that's the most important thing above, and, and they're going they're going to prioritize that above diversity. That correct. I'll say, I think, and that's why I think we're at where we're at right now because Dan knows he's not getting money from the NFL, any more money yep. from the NFL. He already got money a, lot, a couple of years ago to buy out the minority owners who are now you know who are suing him anyway, <laughs> and they're not going to give him the money DC Sports had a li- for a new stadium. Nobody wants to do business with the guy, D.C., yeah. Maryland, or Virginia. And the NFL is like, we can't keep going with that dump that you got in Landover. No, so I think, and just the fact that people yesterday even talked about new ownership means all of a sudden RFK is back in play. I think, I, I promise you this, I, I, you know, the, the, the filling a stadium, we don't build ginormous stadiums anymore, but I promise you, you build, if, if you get this done and you're back on that site, I promise you, you're going to have a majority Washington fans back mm-hmm. in the stadium, and you'll fill it. I think fans are just not, now. It, it, again, it like we said, it doesn't necessarily all of a sudden mean Lombardi trophies. Right. Get it? But right. for the last twenty some years, these fans around here have been kicked and and you know stomped on. So they yeah. it, you you got a lot you got a little bit of a honeymoon. You need respectability. 
You yeah. need somebody who's going to bring in respectability. This, this on a much smaller scale is reminiscent of when Ron Rivera came in. Right. You know, you don't yeah. have to bring in Robert Kraft to be the owner, but you need to bring in somebody who's going to be ideal for shifting from yeah. being one of the most reviled franchises right. in all of sports yeah. to being one that is respectable and you know that that people can identify with you know, beyond just what's going on on the field. And I guess maybe to do a little deeper dive into Robert Kraft in New England, when he purchased the team, they were a hot mess that yep. had one foot out the door. The other foot may have been in Hartford. The other foot may have been in St. Louis. And he replaced uh, Victor Kayam, who was yeah. an absolute mess. Yeah. Yeah. And Kayam replaced the Sullivan family, one of the few people who actually lost money on the Michael Jackson tour. Michael Jackson, biggest superstar in the 1980s, and you ca- he's printing money, and you find a way to invest with him and lose your shirt. That was the complete gross incompetence of the New England Patriots <laughs> on and off the field at the time in the yeah. 70s and 80s. And it, it, it takes... It, it, that's what it takes to turn a franchise around. And in the, over the last 23 years, we've seen a lot of different people in a, a lot of different roles in Ashburn, in Landover, here, there, and everywhere. But it does really, it, it, I think the Robert Kraft model is that with the right ownership in place, and it's not as though he's a rocket scientist, but and it's not as though he's absolutely pure as the driven snow, as we've learned. But <laughs> he, a, a, an upgrade in ownership can really set the table for something special. And that's what I hope if this process happens, because it's just a, I guess, intention of transaction. So uh, for all we know, the Snyders are looking just for somebody, uh, to, uh, new minority partners or something along those lines. But in my opinion, if you put this card on the table where we've talked to the bank, you it's tough to pick that card back up. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, yes, if this leads to an eventual sale, this is a uh, our own Steve Dresner who does work with us in traffic and in sports. He's He does a lot of work with the NFL Network, and he says this process is six and a half to seven months, or at least that's what it was for the Broncos when they made their move. So this is going to be a long process, but it's encouraging to those people who have been underwater for the last 23 years. And it's encouraging that it's begun. It's yes. one thing if we're I think just we're kind further of along. I think we're further along than we think. I and, think, I mean, and, for them right. to say... You've already got four for the Forbes article to say you got four or five groups interested already. You're doing this. Right. You don't just hire a bank overnight to do it. I think they know he's he's back against the corner. And who knows? I mean, Tanya's been at these meetings, right? Without yeah. him, maybe the owners are finally getting say, look, Tanya, we've got these votes. Mm-hmm. We've got them. Just don't. You're gonna go you go kicking and screaming. Just just you got to get your get get your boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and let's for all we know, for all we know, the NFL owners haven't, uh, you know, have, uh, perhaps quote. they've come and they've said, hey, listen, if you it's either we vote and get you out of here or you come up with the idea that it's your idea. Yeah. 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 They don't nobody likes to take credit for their own idea more than somebody with a lot of money. They don't want to vote either because it's going to go public. They don't want to have to do it. The owners don't want to yeah. have to do it. Yeah. But if you go and you say, look, we've got this. We've got eight lawsuits against you right now, mm-hmm. including another one last night yeah. with yeah. financial, you know, <laughs> something. I mean, so something. Hammer's going to drop at mm. some point. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's just finally like he's just, you know, he's like a, scraping for something. But I think maybe he's just he's just done. I know I know what it right. says. Yeah. I know what the report says. I just have a hard time believing he's doing this just to, A, maybe get people off your back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... 
then buy him some time. I don't know. I, I, think, I think as think somebody who's that. covered this team for two decades, as someone who's been in the area for over 20 years, one has to say, you know what, until it's actually, until something's actually being done, oh, yeah. I'm not going to believe anything because we yeah. believe that things were going to be turning around when they brought in Joe Gibbs. A lot of us believe that, hey, yeah. well, they finally have adults in the room when right. Bruce Allen and, my, and uh, Mike Shanahan came in. So, yeah. you know, and, and there was a, hey, things are on the right track again when uh, they brought in uh, Ron Rivera. But un until there's a new owner and that might be another year or so, right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to be holding my breath. But this is at least I do like how the, the wheels of justice are in motion. And yeah. like an iceberg, there's a lot that we don't see. Behind the curtains at the end. All right. Of the so um, at the threat of us ending up being doing uh, money news, that's the one thing I haven't done on this station. Uh, we're going to shift focus to the uh, football end of it. Uh, you I'm got a sports guest to do. I'll be back. Gentlemen. And then he's going to slide right back in. This is. Uh, is this when we can talk about him? When yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thousand percent. Right. Yeah. This is the secret part of the podcast now. So about that Dave uh, Preston guy. <laughs> but uh, no, the Vikings are coming to town in the midst of all of this, and that's a really good football team on paper, six yeah. and one. And they come into FedEx Field. It's uh, Kirk Cousins' return to uh, to FedEx, uh, as great as he was here. No, he wasn't great. <laughs> Just stop. I, I can't stand the whole the whole week. It's like Kirk Cousins is coming back. Oh, the return yeah. of the, the he yeah. quit. Uh, no, yeah, uh -uh. no, no. Oh, because he's because well, he's, me he's mediocrity personified. Nah, is he's that what? All right, so you know, I mean, a ton of money forever. But hey, man, listen. Look, no, he's done. Listen, he's ha he has played the whole system, and he did that right from the second he got franchise oh, yeah. tag the first time. Oh yeah, he's played the system right oh, from yeah. the beginning. So you have to respect that. Oh, I respect but the, the. He I, didn't. I respect the game, just not the game. Correct. Right. What is he? He's he finally won a playoff game, right? Minnesota. He won one. Oh boy, off the top of my head, that does not sound correct. No. Uh, I, I would have to look game. that up, but All right, no, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. He didn't win the big game here. Now it's going to be interesting to see the fans on Sunday. I will say that. Yeah. Are you gonna? Uh, I don't think you get a video for him. It's been five years since he left. You didn't no, do, you didn't he's do not going to get a video. He didn't do anything. I mean, he was look. He was here you for three. You didn't, he was here you for didn't three. do anything for Ryan the, Kerrigan last. The year. greatest. No, that's true too. Now he's the greatest with you. Uh, the, the best thing I can say about Kirk Cousins is the greatest ability is availability, and he didn't miss any. Yeah, he didn't miss any starts. He played well. He provided some uh, level of stability for the position at a time where they had none and mm -hmm. hadn't had any for a long time. So I give him credit for that. But he's he's a guy. He's the, he doesn't he doesn't move the needle. No. and and this is. And, and honestly, that's basically what the Vikings are. Yes, they are six and one. Right. They haven't played anybody. No. Their best win was against the Dolphins. Is that it? That's it. That's yeah. their best win. Everybody else is like, was you know, loss? the their, their one loss. No, their one loss was uh, Philly. Philly. Philly on a Monday night. Right. That's right. So yeah. you know, good for you. That's and, right. Kirk and, Cousins in Monday night primetime. Yeah. Right. And they got the doors blown off them. Yeah. So that tells me right there, kind of a fraudulent. Six and you look at the statistics; they're not great at anything. They're not no. great at running. They're not great at stopping the run. They're not great at. I mean, I think they're ranked uh, fourth against the pass this year. But I think that's a byproduct of them having a good pass rush and not necessarily the the coverage on the back end. But uh, look, I, I think coming to FedEx Field, um, I think the Don't you emotional dare say coming on the road is going to be a hostile. No, 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 not, not no, not at all. I think it's more so about Kirk Cousins because is somebody that a new who's yet. Although, do you think? Sunday, with this news, there will be more 
that was the next that was the next thing That's I was going to say. That's that was the next thing I was going to say. I think this is going to be a crowd that has the most juice and that is be the most yeah. pro Washington crowd we've seen in a long but time. Did Vikings fans already have all these tickets? I mean, that's entirely possible. But how many Vikings fans are there, really? Though? Yeah, but how, I, mean, yeah, I understand that. But like, but <laughs> Donnie always, from Duluth, come on. But we always say that, and then the stadium is full That's of true. Titans Lions fans, fans and yeah. Lions and, and yeah. Jets. I mean, no, you're Jets, right. Jets, you're but. right. But look, I, I I just think that there's going to be an emotional component to it for Kirk, and I think that he doesn't process well when that's the case with prime time with coming back here. I think that it'll have a prime time sort of. Uh, uh, sort of impact on him, and I think he's going to play less than. And here's the Do other thing: they're gonna he win? hasn't thrown more than t- two touchdown passes in a game this season. I know he's not balling out. They're balling around him. They're running it uh, fairly well. They're just they're they're doing enough to win games against teams that they are better than. Yeah. So I think Washington, for all intents and purposes, they are pretty much on equal footing. Um, they're having to leave the confines of Minnesota to come here, even though Washington doesn't have a great home <laughs> field advantage. I, I just think that Washington is 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 on a roll. I think they're confident. They're, you know, uh, by their standards anyway, relatively healthy. I, I think this is one that Washington wins on Sunday. Am I crazy, uh, Dave Preston? I think the question is, can the pass rush get to Kirk? And, and can they get him off balance? Because you mentioned he's kind of hyped coming back. He's yeah. at FedEx Field. You like that? Uh, whatever other catchphrases <laughs> we could throw in there. But I, I think... It, that has been one of the keys for this team the last couple of weeks to be able to you know get whomever's you know playing quarterback for the other team off balance. The thing is, this is probably the best quarterback they've faced in what I mean. Even though Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, right. he doesn't have the weapons this yeah, year. Correct. So this is this is the best team that they've faced offensively since what Jalen Hurts maybe. The Eagles yeah. game probably. Yeah. yeah, and I think and we saw how they did there. I, I think mean, there's a shutout if you take the second quarter out of the equation. <laughs> I think so. So technically we got the win. No. Um I I I feel that uh all all good things come to an end. I think that they come up short against the Vikes this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's cuz of Kirk Cousins making no. great plays. I think uh, just They've. Been, this is a team that has been very fortunate during this winning streak. Yeah. They were able to catch mm-hmm. the Bears. Yeah. Uh, they were those muffed punts. Mm-hmm. They were able to catch the Packers, and the Packers just. It, it, they they looked. It, that was such a. If I was a Packers fan, I'd just be so upset watching the, them on offense two weeks ago, uh, up close and personal. Uh, you know, last Sunday again, Indianapolis. A guy who hadn't thrown a regular season pass. So <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not a great quarterback, but he is a capable quarterback. And I think I, I think he'll fare a little bit better than the guys the last three weeks with what he has offensively. I tell you, him. the Cole Holcomb thing bothers me, him yeah. being out. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be key. I mean, he hasn't practiced I mean, again this thin, week. It's not even how great Cole Holcomb no, is. Correct. It's the fact that they don't have anything behind yeah. him. Yeah, right. And I think you can. I think you can supplant an injured guy for maybe one game. Yeah. But you can't sustain it for an extended period of time. Right. And I think that's what they face Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. You almost have me convinced that that. Uh, and they're wearing black too, Washington. I mean, that didn't Aren't work they so one? great in Dallas. Mm. But I mean, look. But you're you're at home this time. You got the. I know, but I put nothing. In, get up. I, I put nothing at home field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially at this place. I no, don't. I just mean from the standpoint of wearing the black. Oh, it makes sense yeah, to yeah. wear it in your building oh, yeah, as opposed yeah, to yeah, debuting yeah. it. I, yeah, in I a just classic matchup on the road. That was I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I have no idea yet. I, I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning Washington on this. 
I really am. I, and also, I, I, and it's I mainly you. because I see the symmetry of the column I wrote a few weeks ago. That this is where they get the four. They they always have a four game win right. streak. Right. This is the only place they can get it. Right. So we may not be able to see, you know, the on the field like, oh yeah, they definitely beat the Vikings. I don't think they definitely beat the Vikings, yeah. but I think they're going to equal one out. I think they're. I gonna, just think that. I mean, even this, if it's by like mistake, last week another was, muff punt. Last week was <laughs> yeah. just they just looked terrible. Like a jump ball for Terry McLaurin is the difference. Like I get it. That's what big. That's I thought what, for sure that was a pick. Yeah, by that's the way. what play. I mean, that's what your money players do. I totally yeah. get that. But I, I just don't know if you can keep getting those fortunate bounces, especially not at home. I think, no, here's the thing. So I think many, they're going to lock down. I think they're going to lock down um, McLaurin. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to. They're, they're going to. I don't think that's his plan. I think they're going to defend him well, and then I think you're going to see some of the other receivers step up and and have big games. I think I I feel that uh, Heineke has gotten away with so many near picks. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. you, you look at the yeah. first quarter of the game against picks. Green Bay. Correct. He easily could. He had a zero passer rating for some time. Right. He he could have had a few more that were not in Indianapolis. And I think with you know tape don't lie and guys game plan. And I think the Vikes defensively they're not great against the pass. They're they're like you know third or fourth to the bottom Middle of the, of the league. Road. They're yep. you know they're they're not they're not great at uh, you know necessarily at, uh, at at rushing the passer, but they I think they they're pros too. They they, they draw paychecks. They have guys who study film twenty four seven over there, and I think they will be able to push the needle just a tiny bit. And some of those passes that should have been interceptions the last two weeks that weren't will be ints. And I see Minnesota winning twenty three to twelve in this one. He always has to come with the he weird could, scores, man. This man said, is always looking for scoreigami. He oh, could have yeah. said five or eight. Yeah. Yeah, eight, four. Right. I, did, I did four one week. I think it runs out this week. But uh, but on the other hand, what Heineke's got going, uh, you know. I, you guys are on the right track on this, though, is that it's going to come. Because if you look at the turnover ratio for these two teams, Washington yeah. is toward the bottom of the league at plus four. Yeah. And, uh, and Minnesota is, I believe, tied for second with uh, plus uh, or minus seven. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I'm say, I'm saying that backwards. Washington has four, four more, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turnovers yeah. than takeaways. Yeah. And it's uh, minus seven for the um, yeah. or plus seven. Plus seven minus four. whatever. Yeah. Seven and more. And the thing is too is that seven this, on the good side. This win would improve the Vikings to seven and one for their two and six fade in the second. So <laughs> it's you know, nice. Kirk Cousins. Remember? Well, remember? Remember the uh, first of all the how night. Do you like me now after yeah. the Green Bay game and. Gosh, what they were six three and one. They lost four six down the stretch. This is going to be the apex. He's like, I've conquered all my demons. I am like, there, and then boom, and then he plays they go into the dumps. They're not a great six and one team. That's that, that's where no, I'm but with that's you on that. right, and that's what yeah. I'm saying is at some point the turnover thing tends to even out. What's so the spread? I, I think it's I think it's three. I three think the half? Vikings are three yeah, point three. favorites. Which is almost like a push because like a, they're on home the road. Team, yeah, yeah. Home, home home field three points. Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Washington. I'm okay. gonna take Washington twenty one to twenty. This is a total. Yeah, it's a total toss up. I I, I, yeah. I I could go either way. I'll, but since you're making me do it, and you're just really being What's really your mean. Score? I'll give us a score. I'm not. Hey, I'll give you a score. You got somewhere to go? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'll go twenty four twenty one uh, Vikings. But not because of number eight. All right. Not because of number eight. All right. So. Uh, 
we, we I would be remiss if we uh, walked away from here and not so gave, I said eighteen or fifteen. No, or no, please, no. Stick to football mm, scores. Five. Don't don't be like this guy. Don't hey, follow him. 11. I like this guy. Yeah, I like this yeah, guy already. Yeah, don't do this. Um, but we are going to give him. We as much as we hate him picking football scores, we love his work doing college basketball and college basketball season right around the corner. Right. Dave Preston has dominated. WTOP.com yeah. with his previews of all the schools of local imports. Tell us a little bit about what to look forward to as Except college for, basketball season tips off Virginia here Tech's shortly. not local. No, well, say, well Blacksburg. Yeah. Sorry, it's kind folks. of a, it's a long, but I think after last winter where nobody was really good uh, <laughs> and we had to stretch, we had to look for who is it? Richmond, Virginia Tech, yeah. and Delaware as what far I just as say? local representation. I just it's say. nice to have some excitement in the area. Look at him. I think, yeah, exactly. Look at this. I think Kevin Willard's going to bring. I think Kevin Willard's going to bring an exciting uh, brand of basketball to College Park. It's going to be messy, going to be sloppy at times, especially the first year. But I think it's going to be a style that fans will pack the arena to see and will be excited about. He's brought a lot of uh, Gary Williams saltiness to the court, as opposed to Kevin Turgeon's sedateness, I guess, Mm. if that's a term. Uh, Georgetown, completely revamped team. They actually have a kid from Manchester, New Hampshire, went to my high school west for two years, like agagag, but who knows what you know they're going to do. Uh, they lost all 19 games last year in the Big East. There's no way they can be that bad because they play 20, so even if they are winless, they'd go 0-20. But I think they should be much oh, better. Yeah, could you imagine that again? That would be rough. <laughs> yeah, that would wow. be just really bad. Uh, there's, there's Patrick no, Ewing would have to go if they he, go 0-20. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, there's yeah, no way yeah, he survives. Yeah, they, they would have to make a change there. So they, they should be much better, even though they're picked to finish 10th, I think, in the Big East. American uh, is looking. How many people to are in the? How many teams are in the Big East? Eleven. Again? Oh, okay. It's All not right. like the big. It's not like the Big Ten that has fourteen schools or the Big Twelve big that 12. has ten. Yeah. Uh, I think there's uh, there are some possibilities at GW and George Mason. Yep. Patriots return the A10's leading scorer in Josh Adoro. Uh, mm-hmm. Kim English in the second year there. So I think Mason will be further along than GW first year for Chris Caputo. Although. Even though he's new, most of those guys, including Ricky Lindo Jr. and James Bishop, are back from last year. So while they're getting to learn him, they kind of still know each other. So it's going to be, and I hope it's going to be a fun winter because yeah. last winter, everybody was bad last winter, mm-hmm. with the exception of Howard. Howard actually had a real nice season, a breakthrough year, and I had a chance to speak with uh, Kenneth Blakeney earlier this week. The Bison looked to be even better this year. That, that might be the, the sleeper to watch this season. I think area. I think for College Park, it's just the excitement. You talk about the excitement. Mm-hmm. He even said it. He goes, the first couple months, I don't know what we're going to be. Or we're not yeah. going to be where we need to be. But I think just the up and down, the tempo, I think the excitement back in College Park, he's already done that. I think that's going to at least, yeah. you know, it's it's sad, but you knew with Mark, like, you just – you just it was an expiration there. date. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So what, I, I think the yeah. just the unknown also is going to What be. I think is important, too, for uh, Kevin Willard's success at Maryland is can he bring quality big men in? Yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a chance to speak with Kudus Wahab, who went from Georgetown to Maryland back to Georgetown. I was going to say, he could just go back exactly. to Maryland again, right? Or he could if he, he wanted to. He likes to do the little yeah. I asked him, I asked him, you know, stylistic differences between the Big Ten and the Big East, what really impressed him. And he said, well, you big, big East, you, it's a guard-driven league. And so you got, you have, you know, those are the, you know, you think Allen Iverson, you think Pearl Washington, you think... You know, a pesky point guard, you know, initiating everything. Big Ten, they really like to pump it into the post, I mean, as, as we know, as we see. And you see the successful teams, they have 
they, they, they not only have strength inside, but they also have a depth of that. And I think over the last decade, Maryland has had, you know, spots where they have had good guys inside, but they haven't had those six, eight savvy guys who seem to grow on trees in Indiana and Illinois right. and Ohio and Michigan, who not only are they, you know, provide size and rebound the hell out of the ball, but they also are, are are great passers and great, very smart defenders too. And it, it it seems like Maryland has been lacking those guys, and they've always come up short. Whether it's been in the Big Ten tournament to a Northwestern or losing on the road at Nebraska in February. Right. So it's I think if Kevin's able to get some of those guys in here, they'll they'll be they'll be the the type of team that they need to be to, to succeed in such a tough conference. All right. Uh, all I know is that you said pump it in the post, and that is forever going to be a part of my vernacular heretofore. This before was... we go, before we go, <laughs> big weekend of college football, Maryland on the road. They're coming off their bye week. They're at Wisconsin. Uh, head coach Mike Loxley said, we remember November, which sounds much better than closing time. You he just the, likes to rhyme. The only thing the he likes as much humor. as alliteration is rhyming. rhyming. Well, no, the coach said it. Coach said it. Locks you talk about pumping the post. The yeah. best The best from Terry McLaurin this week is when he went up. We talk about the play. We were talking about a family show. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about the, the he goes, Still in the bacon. I felt like I snatched his soul. <laughs> oh, I, said, is, I like I said, that. That is, that is the oh, best. Yeah. Oh, boy. But That's going to make the, things awkward when they meet in the Super Bowl. Closing month for Maryland begins at Wisconsin. They have a lot of – they play Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, they've already qualified for a bowl, so it's just the quality of bowl where they're going to be. In nine years of Big Ten play, they've yet to post a winning conference record. They need to beat Wisconsin on the road to have a hope at that. That would get them to four wins in the league. So huge mm-hmm. Saturday. This is uh, Games like this, they're a five-and-a-half-point underdog at Camp Randall. These are the games that Mike Loxley has built this team forwards and towards uh, the last uh, four years. So this this is a huge Saturday for the Terrapins. All right. That, you have your homework assignment now. Get some drinks in you, alcoholic or otherwise, and enjoy some good football. It's and, a nooner. Uh, and then basketball coming uh, right around the corner. And uh, thank you for joining us for another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle. It is sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork. That is George Wallace. That is Dave Preston. And until the next time, we all of us are breaking the huddle. I I think think we we did. The first time after a year and a half, you guys have broken the huddle at the same time. (laughs) 